guys, guys, first of all, thanks for listening to another episode of the Sidewalk Crew. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank you for listening to the ads, and thank you for listening to the intros. Uh, this episode is going to be amazing. This episode is literally, when I say years in the making, you don't understand what I mean when I say years in the making. I would say at least two decades in the making, uh, even though neither of us can probably clearly remember two decades ago. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Uh, on with me today is a great friend of mine. Uh, he's written a book. He's here to talk all about the book that he's got out and a lot of cool things that he's doing at the spot we've got now. Um, I know him as one name, uh, but uh, Queen, good to have you on. Um, I've uh, My friend Josh Gores, I met him, but he is the Queen now, head of the Queendom. Um, just, uh, look, man, first of all, uh, years ago when, when we started, uh, when we got to know each other, it was uh, a bunch of guys scrambling around to try to get some form of notoriety in music right? on some end of it. And you were able to take uh, probably some of the most eclectic groups of people that they were and got us all to get along for long enough to put on really cool shows for each other. And uh, I, I know it was hard. I know it, it was. It was very difficult and nerve-wracking from time to time. Well, most of the time, I'm sure. Um, and then uh, I remembered, uh, so we worked together at a club called Shiners. Uh, was when yep. we when we uh, met back into each other, ran back into each other. And uh, you, you showed me a story, and you sh- uh, I saw hundreds of hours worth of notes, illustrations, and uh, just, it, it, was, it was so enthralling, and it just, so where, where, does, where does it come from, what, what made you craft it, and then uh, when, you, when you picked it down to a book... I know you didn't show your whole story into one one giant book, which no. it's it's a beautiful book. It is, I have to say, cover wise and everything, it's fantastic. Uh, the fact that it's hardback bound is is amazing, and it's available for everyone to get. Um, but it's so where where did it start, and wh- where do you see it going? Uh, let's see. It started on June twenty six, two thousand eleven. I still remember the date. Um, <laughs> which we're talking about, we can't remember. You know, two years two years ago. Yeah. Uh, all this I had written down. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got notes too, but, <laughs> um, but yeah. So it all started on June twenty sixth, two thousand eleven, right? Uh, a buddy of mine had tried to commit suicide, which is a very, very big thing I think for anybody who's gone through it, gone or seen it, or witnessed and or experienced it. Uh, it's a huge deal, right? And I, call, I found myself, you know, this was at, you know, June 26, 2011. This is the, the height of the Queen of right? This is when, when, I, when I first started getting traction. This is when we had all those big shows that we were doing. You know, I was caught up a lot in the in the spotlight, and ten, you know, I did lose track of some of my closer people, right, that were with me beforehand. And, you know, my buddy who tried to, you know, do this, thankfully they, they did not succeed. But um, it was a big eye-opener for me because as I'm out here trying to help the masses and doing what I'm doing, I lost track of home. And so that taught me a lot in that stance. But my biggest question was like, why, why did he do this? Like what, why, what was in his mind that saw this as a feasible option? And then I kind of caught myself being like, this isn't about you being me, right? Like get you out of the statement, right? Mm -hmm. This is about him. Talk to him. Figure out what you can do. And what I learned was everything that it was was because he was trapped in his own mind. You know, he had just lost uh, his family. Like, long story short, with this one, he was with this woman, and she had a daughter who he helped raise, and she ended up taking her and her daughter after, like, six years and just peacing out. Right. And I was like, that. De- I didn't even know that at that point. <clears throat> and so... When I'd, I'd gone to his house the night that I found out about it, I was actually at the clubhouse, 
which was eventually became Shiners, Shiners where yeah. we worked at. Um, but that and that's after that weird period of Tequila Cowboys too. God, you yeah, remember that? That yeah. was Jesus. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. No. Speaking, I wish we had just had this like little placement. Like I could definitely forget this and be okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Tequila Cowboys was one of them. It, it not the worst. Uh, I would I would have to say, and we'll, we'll get to this later because I I, I want to bring up like some of the worst places that I know that we've both gone uh-huh. that aren't here anymore, and we could probably talk about reasons why, but. It, it was just when Tequila Cowboys made the transition, they changed it. And I remember the stage moving and everything. But I met, the one thing I do miss was, you know, the building you walked in. And over there in the windows where we ended up having that last pool table at Chinese. Uh-huh. I, I miss when the stage was there. Something about the stage being in that little corner and I, you were so close to the roof. It, I fun. Totally agree. It was fun. I, but it was so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it was so wrong. <laughs> just the setup was not it. But, um, but yeah, I was actually on stage when it was over there. Yeah. You know, when you first walk into the left, because even Clubhouse had it right there. Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I was up there with Boots Durango, and Deb and I were giving, or Deb and I were giving this, this, uh, heartfelt speech. I remember Duke had just lost to Carolina, and that's the only reason I remember that area, <laughs> right? Because I made a joke on stage. I was like, yeah, how about them Duke fans, huh? And I was like, I don't even fucking care about sports. Like, <laughs> Like, I don't, there's not a, like, sports ball, you know, that's, that's all I'm about, you know, but I managed to piss off way more of my fans and followers than I thought I could in one, one single word, you know, or one single phrase, sentence, whatever, <laughs> grammatically correct my, but they, anyway, I, I'd just gotten Justin Snide, if you remember Snide. Yeah, I remember Snide, yeah. yeah. So Snide came up to me and said, we got to go. And I was like, what do you mean we got to go? He goes, he just grabs my arm and pulls me off the stage and puts me in the car. We leave. And we went to Kyle's house, right? Yeah. And when we got to Kyle's house, that's when I realized what had happened. And I stayed by his bedside all night. And I woke up next morning. I'm trying to... <laughs> I told Smith, you know, Smitty Smith. Yeah. I asked Smith, I was like, hey, go grab some, you know, go grab some stuff so I can make breakfast. And he's like, you're going to cook? I'm like, ha, ah, this is a very serious scenario. This is not time for humor. And yes, I am going to cook. Thank you. And for those who don't know, I am I'm not a cook. I can easy mac is still very troubling for me. So I've heard you make good eggs after an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny fact, the funny part was, is that I actually had to ask Snide, like, how long do you boil eggs for? And he's just like, and you're planning on making breakfast. I'm like, yeah, you guys work for me as my security. Why are y'all mad at me right now? <laughs> like, I don't know anybody who's been so insubordinate to their quaid in all of history. And it, y'all get on me about I can't cook. I get it. I know I can't cook. Anyway. So, as I'm talking to Snide out back for a minute, I come back in. <laughs> the bread was already burnt. It was just a whole mess. Kyle was already awake and came out of his room. And the first thing he says to me, after we'd already been there, like, I'm freaking out. Like, I'd spend the whole night crying. I'm trying to figure out. I'm stressing. Well, I don't even know why I needed bleach to make my hair block. I just let stress do it. And his first words to me were, you know you don't know how to cook. <laughs> Okay. Okay. This is fine. Everything's fine. Had to put down the knife, you know. <laughs> and I turned around and, like, we just both start crying. And as we're hugging each other, I was like, please, like, never again. And he promised. And then it just, it hit me. It was just like, he was stuck in his own mind the entire time, right? How do you get out of your mind? The world of fiction. Or it could be reality for some people, but... Which is, a, this, that's what this is, essentially, is a mixture of both. Because I told him, I was like, hey, why don't we write a story based on real life where we have to put real life into it, right? So the whole motto for that is, like, the rules behind it for us were 
like right now we're doing this podcast, right? Right. So, and now eventually in the story, you know, I, I keep notes of everything present day, right? So eventually in the story, there's going to be a scene where you and I are doing something similar. It may not be, a, obviously it might not be a podcast considering, you know, fictional timeline and real, real time world timeline. Yeah. Although they run parallel, they branch off yeah. pretty quick. Um, you know, because now in the story, you know, given the fact that of what it is, we're far into having, you know, magic and all that sort of stuff in the story timeline. So that that's the basis of it. So things that he would go through on an everyday basis, he could now get out in the form of journal kind of way, like a fictional LARPing journal. Right. <laughs> Which is really essentially what it is for me and Kyle is because we are characters in the story. Yeah. So, uh, instead of Joshua Gore, my name is Joshua Vesta. Uh, he's Kyle Toledo instead of I won't give yeah, him yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, but, yeah. but um, but yeah he's Kyle Toledo I'm Joshua Vesta and literally everything in there is exactly I mean you'll you will pick up on many real life scenarios that have translated to a story you know version of it and you'll be like oh I get that yeah. it's uh, it's it's definitely something I'm like, so uh, I, I went online last night and um, I uh, I thought about writing uh, uh, just a just a cover review on it and I was like, well, I wouldn't do it myself justice, so uh, it's it's in my cart. I'll place my order when uh, when my proceeds come in, you know, next week. So I'll have it in, and then uh, whenever we do that, uh, you know, when we shoot our video, I'll have you back on for a full review on it, because I, I wanna I'm gonna read it probably five or six times, right. you know, at least, because I, I wanna I'm gonna come at it from every angle, just so I'm gonna be like, fuck that magical squirrel or whatever it was yep. in there. You it know, now now I have to put a magical <laughs> squirrel in there somewhere. I I, I don't have one yet, but now there will be a magical squirrel. There's, yeah. I've got plenty of magic cards that have magical squirrels will, on if you want a basic. It will literally only be following you. You will have your magical squirrel I'm, with, at all times. I'm, I'm cool with the magical What's squirrel. What's the magical squirrel's name? Uh, a Cornelia. I can't with you. <laughs> a, a Cornelia. It's got six X's in it, too. That's how it's spelled because he's a, he's a hipster kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Mm. I already don't like squirrels enough. This one. This might be everybody's favorite character that dies within an ep- like one chapter. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you speaking of squirrels? Have you seen the videos? Uh, and this is completely out of nowhere, but just because you said you hate squirrels, I I used to think squirrels were neat because like when I was when I was younger, uh, my grandma, you know, she had bird feeders behind her house and the squirrels would get in the feeders. So my grandmother's remedy for keeping squirrels out of her bird feeders, she would go out every morning, she'd spray pan. On the poles of the bird That's feeders, hilarious. so we got to watch squirrels be like firemen strippers for hours. Right, it was fun. Um, last time I went to New York, uh, I, I go to Central Park, and there's there's a lot of squirrels in Central Park, and they're so uh-huh. used to people because of how many people there uh-huh. are there. And um, my buddy's like, "Hey, we're gonna feed the squirrels," and uh, you know, he pulled out some like I think he had like uh, some like club crackers or something. He's like, "Crush them up in your hand, just hold your hand out." Mm-mm. And like I'm expecting like one or two squirrels. Nope. Dude, they're like seagulls on a beach. It, right. it, like I had squirrels coming up my legs, and I'm no. saying like I don't know no. what to do. I don't know. No. Like, never. Yeah. Mm-mm. There's an old lady on the other side of the park, and she's like, "Just shake, and they'll go away." No, nah, she's I'm, she's probably a squirrel person. Yeah, squirrel lady, crazy squirrel yeah. lady. That's I, yeah. I, I'm convinced that so my uh, my sophomore year in high school, um, where me and my mother were living was like a one bed, like a one story. Like townhome type deal, right? Yeah, like a flat. And, yeah, right. And these squirrels, I kept hearing like this, like this little scratching above the ceiling at night. And I was like, "This is not right. This is not like there's something in the roof or the attic or whatever." A family of squirrels had somehow gotten in there, and 
just their entire life's goal was to terrorize me. <laughs> True story. Right? Exactly. That's exactly what it sounds like. That is, uh, see, that's the crazy thing. Everybody that listens to the show knows we have the cat. So the, the cat is, I'll just, you know how my luck works, right? You want a funny story? I'll give you a funny story. Um, Molly and me, uh, you know, we've been together for a while. And uh, she'd been wanting a cat. And I was like, I wanted us to get moved in first and have everything settled. Because, you know, cats get into uh, shit. So you run with that argument? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ran ran hard with it, and uh, we well we waited, and then uh, last Christmas, I'm like, okay, so here's my plan for Christmas, right? And it was gonna be beautiful. I uh, I, I ordered all like the scratch and post and all this stuff, and like the two weeks before Christmas, I gave it all too early. I was like, get it set up, and then the day after Christmas, we'll go to the animal shelter, and we'll, we'll you'll you'll pick one that you bond with. It'll be a cool experience for both of us, you know, and I'll cover the feast for him, and we'll, and we'll bring him her home. You know, and it'll just be, you'll have this, this magical bond. Yeah. And then the universe that hates me uh, I that. rolls like, a, you know, I made plans and God laughed. And, uh, you know, rolled, <laughs> rolled a D20 and hit 20 on a critical. And uh, that same day, one of her friends called her and was like, hey, I've got a cat that needs a new home. And I got this little fucker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I like its wardrobe. Yeah, he's uh he's awesome. Uh, we we got a black cat, and she was like, "I want to name it Binks," and I was like, "No, we're not fucking naming it Binks. I'm not that white." So his name is Binks. No, his name's Church. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Church. She uh, she was like, you know, like Pet Cemetery, and I tell everybody that comes over, I was like, nah, because he's the truth. You know, like that shit's Church, and I don't depends uh, on the church. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Says the person who never goes to church. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's two of us here, you know. It's like facts. Yeah, it's not. Plus, but you know, we're on the bottom level of this uh, this complex, so it's not like if it's got to make it through two other levels, there will be deaths exactly. before us. Yes, right. Yeah, we'll be fine. God has to justify that first. <laughs> like, hey, but by reading his record book, I he, he does pretty good at justifying death. <laughs> most of them. Most of them. Um. So I remember when we were first uh, when you first started crafting the story the. I think the first thing you handed me and asked me to read, because um, I remember when I think I remember when you switched to the binder, like you got like sheet protectors and you started yeah, putting sheets yeah, in the yeah. binder. Right before that, you had like it was like two comp books, and like it it, it wasn't like a journal, but it was like something that was hardback and bound. Right, it was a uh, it was a sketchbook. Actually. Yeah, it was a sketchbook yeah. that I had used for writing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes you got to write big. You know, who needs line constraints? Facts. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm left-handed. I can't look. Just like my sexuality, I can't write many things straight. <laughs> it just kind of goes all over the place. It's, uh, I, I've got to, I'll have to, I'll bring this up after the show. I've got a comedian you've got to meet, um, and i got to plug in with him for, for his podcast. Uh, you, you, I think you and him would have fun. Because he is, uh, one of his taglines on stage, you know, he's very fat, very black, and very gay. And it's just, that's that's how he introduces himself to people. Love and I, th- I think you two would have a ball. Um, an utter ball. Plus, he's, he, uh, I don't know, I, he'd be really into the story, but I, I don't, I don't know. If he'd read it, but I know he'd be really into the story. He's a very visual yep. person. Excruciating. It's funny you bring that up because I've, I've had a lot of my followers and fans who have reached closer to me, like people that I know on a personal basis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who have also and all all collectively been like, "Hey, there's this big group of us that want an audio book because we love you, but <laughs> honestly, we're not going to read." And I'm like, you know what? I, I appreciate that kind of honesty. So I'm actually in the process of doing an audio book too. Which who's who's reading it? You? Yeah. Narrating, and then I'm having look. I, I was so you know I'm kind of a control freak, right? So I 
I've managed to let go of some of it over time. Some, not all. I, I will um, say, uh, I will say, stepping in back into the environment. We'll talk about the club later. Um, but uh, watching, uh, watching the way you handle yourself there, but then acknowledging the fact because I feel like used to when I'd watch you do stuff, you didn't take control because you felt you had to have control. You, I feel like in a lot of it, you took control in assuming of responsibility. That way, if something went wrong, you knew it was on you. Right. And it was the whole, like, you know, like your dad when he used to say to you, you know, if you break it, I have to yell at you. If I break it, I yell at me kind of deal. Right. So, like, watching you use the resources that you have around you now is really refreshing because it looks like you're not so ready to fucking pull your hair out. I appreciate time. that. Yeah, um, yeah it, it coming into the, the title that everybody's given me has been, like, a big humbling experience, you know, because now that I'm... You know, as they call it, you know, as the queen of the queendom, you know, I I tried to delegate way more than I uh, I was afraid to do so way back in the day. Yeah. You know, way back when, the inception of the queendom, and you remember. Well, none of us were responsible. <laughs> none of us. Okay. I, <laughs> like, I think I was maybe the most responsible out of us, and that's terrifying to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very terrifying to think about, but it's also facts. Well, you were, the, you were the only one of us that wasn't on drugs. I mean, to be right, completely okay. honest. I mean... I still drank a whole lot though at the time. Yeah, but you 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 drank wine uh, like uh, you you weren't a lush. You were you you were you were very very. I didn't even really drink wine. Yeah. I drank. Well, let's, you let's you, be dr- fair. you drank cra- you drank crafty. God, what was it? Um, Queen juice. Golly, yeah. that's whoa. Cracking and four loco. Yeah. Well, it used to be cracking and four, four loco. loco. Yeah. God, how am I alive? Um, now it's cracking and angry orchard, which isn't much better. That yeah, that's actually that, that sounds. It's very refreshing. I feel like the Kraken stops the heartburn from the orchard, and the orchard stops the from the Kraken. Yes. And, <laughs> and deep down, this is what people are... Here's a secret there, everybody listening. This is uh, the Fountain of Youth. Anybody wants to know, because if you look at us, we still look young. I mean, we are young. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we're, we're, we're young. I don't know, man. I woke up this morning, and I went to roll over, and I was like, oh, I got to text Queen and make sure we're still good for that. And then my immediate next look after that was like, why does my hip hurt? Yeah, you're older than I am, though. Yeah. Because I'm not there yet. But... Well, yeah, I'm 31. Well, I'm 31, but I'm 67 in cocaine years. You know that? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm in my early 30s, but that is like, you know, late 90s and gay years, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just, it, it, as long as you don't turn it to, the moment you become the the rhyming queen, that's when it's a problem. Like, you know, you run into a young fellow in the bathroom and you're just like, I'm either having a drink or have to pee. You're living the golden year, child's not me. At that point, I'm going to be like, no, I fuck this about. I can't rhyme normally. <laughs> no, that, that will never be me. It'll develop. It'll develop a time. No, no, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> when um so how what what was the because pro- i know um i've written some short stories and stuff mm-hmm. and uh th- there are a few of them that saw the light of day uh, i think i had a couple poems in a poetry book because i was in college and i thought i was deep at one point but i know the process for me was because I, I was submitting something to a collection so did did you reach out to a publisher did a publisher reach out to you uh getting back on the control freak thing um no, and no. Um, I, this is my baby, you know, this is like, this is like writing your life memoirs in a fictional sense, like, or adding a bit of fiction into it, right? Right. So, like, when Kyle and I first started doing it, <clears throat> we literally would, would, like, LARP ourselves. You know, you're legitimately live-action role-playing you, which, fun fact, is just real life. Yeah. You know, if, for those who don't know. But we were adding in magic to it, right? So the whole premise of the the whole story, getting this will will eventually lead to the answer for your question. Um, on June twenty sixth, two thousand eleven, right? Him and I hugging each other. That's the moment that we, him and I, are talking back and forth, and 
you know, he gets really excited about what I just said to him about the, you know, hey, let's write a story based on real life. Here are the rules, blah, blah, blah. So he gets super excited about it. like way quicker and way sooner than I thought he would. Mm-hmm. Like I did not expect the reaction that I got. And like I'm still crying and he's like shiny face, just like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, hang on, like, let me catch up. Okay. Like just chill it out. And I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, so you said we could have magic. So where did magic come from? And I'm like, I'm uh, not ready for this, bro. Not, not ready. And he's like, he's like, okay, well, where did magic come from? I, I don't know, Kyle. Like, you tell me, Kyle. And he's just like, well, okay, well, we never had magic before. So, I was like, okay, we broke a curse just now. And I was kidding. He went with it. And I was like, okay, so we broke a curse. And he's like, well, where did the curse come from? I'm like, I don't know, bro. Like, and so the next 24 hours, literally, it was a whole day, him and I were in that kitchen, just... Figuring it out. And what's funny is that we use a lot of the characters that we made up, um, a lot of the fictional characters, we actually, for just our sake, because him and I have a very beautiful communication barrier, um, where we're on the same page, we just don't think we're on the same page, so we end up not being on the same page. It's right. It's really fucking confusing. And um, so we ended up using something that was a common ground for us, which was Marvel. Right? So we use characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, in our own minds, because we could see them, we could hear them. We knew what they were doing. We actually codenamed a lot of our characters them, you know, codenamed from, you know, whether it be, I don't know what we're allowed to say, you know, as far as like names and shit. Well, I mean, I, I, so, uh, te- so uh, by technicalities, it's, uh, I never get to do this on the air, so I will. Um, technically, so we're on Spotify, and Spotify is an amazing platform, so Anchor allows us to put it up through there. Um, you can uh, so in the in the in the behest of art. Okay, can I say Magneto and not get sued? Yes, you could say Magneto and not get sued because you're using Magneto as a reference point, but the character in your book is not Magneto. No, it's not. Yeah, so you use Magneto as a reference point because you knew he was, uh, what the fuck's his name? Um, not not not. Are did you, Sir Ian McKellen Magneto or other Magneto? Sir Ian McKellen Magneto. Okay, that's oh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, yeah, the Fassbender. I can never think of his name. You know, that, fun fact. That's who everybody says should play me in a movie. Michael Fassbender? Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't really see, you know, ever seen House of the Dragon? Matt's- Honestly, I'm looking at like home dude to play Damon. Because if I have one more person tell me I remind them of Damon Targaryen, I'm going to lose my shit. But I, I'm not really going to lose my shit. Shut and burn things. I don't know if I can see you played by a guy who was a doctor because he was Doctor Who, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, I, uh,. I'd he's see, got too. He's got too much forehead. I, I'd see. God, he's got all. That's a. That, that, like that's a dome. That like, man has cinematic experiences. His dreams. Um, Mads Mikkelsen is who. I, Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen. He he took over uh, for uh, Grindelwald when Johnny Depp was so in Secrets of Dumbledore. He was that he was the villain in the first Doctor Who movie. He was Hannibal in the uh, Hannibal TV show. I don't Mads know. Mikkelsen. Man, I'll, I'll show you. I'll look him up after this. Matt, but Matt's book is just—it's—it's not—it's not so much his looks, but his demeanor. I feel like his demeanor would capture you very, right. very, very well. And I'm not saying that old boy that plays Damon uh, couldn't do it demeanor-wise, but I feel like Matt's is just like he's such. A, there's nothing I've ever seen him do where I'm just like, oh, that was shit. You know, right. never, never, not once. There's some Doctor Who episodes with old boy on it where I'm like. Come on. Yeah, your forehead has more room than you do. Yeah, just... And when he first shows up and he's just so wonderfully happy with what he's dressed in, I'm like, that's not... That's not a fact, I've never watched an episode of Doctor Who. I mean, it's... 
the Doctor Who uh, took up some time. I'm legitimately the guy who's like Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Like who? Well, I mean, it's 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 it's. I mean, the, I get it now. That like they have like the Tesseract thing. Yeah, the well, the sonic screwdriver. The Tesseract's the phone booth, or the uh, the not Tesseract. The uh, the. Uh, I always call it the Tesseract. I yeah, I did. It's it's uh, the uh, the TARDIS. The 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 police booth is the TARDIS, and uh, then the uh, the little wand that he carries, or one like it's called a sonic screwdriver, and they all have different sonic screwdrivers. Um, Fun fact: I used to call it power drill, and power screwdriver for like all of my life until a year ago. So those are two different things. Facts. There's a two, there's a two different things there. as a, as a tool guy, uh, I I know, but that's that's usually that's like no that's a coping saw that's a blending saw. Phillips are flat, uh, flat. <laughs> does does it have an X or one line? But, one line, right. you flat. Yeah, so like I we would use characters from the MCU to to code name each of our characters in the story, um, so we could visually see them the same way. Yeah, map it. Yeah. Um, and it worked out really well for us. So we ended up the whole first book, the, the one that's out now, is like yeah, like you were saying, all the notebooks that I had, all the all the screen protected, you know, pages. I, the, dude, I remember the day it was. Uh, you were, I think, you were living in the north side of High Point at the time, and uh, I came over and you wanted me to read it, and you were you were actively putting pages in sheet protectors and handed them to me a sheet protector at a time. And then you'd be like, read it. And then every third page you'd look at me and be like, don't get that shit out of order. And then you'd go back to fucking shoving pages at the sheet protectors. And I'd be like, fuck! And I like had to go back through and I'm like, yeah, this sounds like it's... A, I don't think I mixed anything up. I probably did. I don't think you did yeah. either. But if I did, then it was a happy accident because it probably ended up well. Right. Uh, but it, it just... It, it was... I had never... like I've seen people craft stories, you know, as like screenwriters. Right. Or, well, uh, if you remember, that's how I wrote a lot. Like when I was writing it out in the notebooks that you you remember. that's I wrote it mostly like a screenplay. Yeah. You know, just because I like to write things. I'm, this is coming from somebody who's writing a book for the first time, who is also writing it based off of, like, I want everybody to see everything happening. Yeah. So, yeah it's well, you, you, wrote, you wrote it super detailed. Like, um, uh, um, George A. Romero, when he would write horror, um, so he wrote a script with, you know, stage direction and everything. But he had so much exposition in his scripts that you could have taken his scripts, mm-hmm. taken the stage direction with the names out of them, added punctuation, and had books. And that's all I had. That's essentially what I had to do yeah. with the, those notebooks was just add punctuation, and you know, add uh, you know gr- grammatical correctness, um, you know, so on and so forth for it to become what it is now. Now you've you, have you you've illustrated everything that's in there or uh, and the cover as well. Uh, yeah, some of the covers. So I actually. The the tree part I actually bought from a uh, little person on uh, what you call it? What's the freaking uh, Pinterest? No, Etsy. No. Oh my god, I'm so terrible at this. It is like an artwork website. Oh, uh, Deviant. Deviant art. Yeah. 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 So that part I bought from somebody online, right? And just it's not like I really had to because I could have just essentially recreated it, but. Pay were you know pay dues or pays are due. Yeah, and I mean, and that's an artist credit for that artist. Yeah, know? I mean, and so then the same thing with the dragon part, right? I added a few details into the dragon part, but that was just me. Um, the same artist did both of those, right? Purchased them from them, but the rest of it I did, which isn't much. <laughs> um, the dragon. Well, I'm learning something now. That's my dragon. That, the tree. Yeah, the tree's still from Deviant Art, but the dragon's mine. Okay. Um, because I initially did buy a dragon from somebody on DeviantArt, same person did the tree. Mm-hmm. Didn't use it in the final form of it, um, but they're still awesome. 
Fantastic. I wish I remembered their name. Um, <laughs> so awesome. I don't remember the name. It's not, that has nothing to do with them. They're well, you've, you've got a lot. You've got a lot in your head too. I mean, yeah. That's next some... podcast, I'll bring the person's name. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all. Everything else after that's me as well. Um, which actually, the initial version of the book, I had a lot more artwork in the book. Um, but due to uh, formatting purposes and my patience uh, with said formatting purposes, I left out most of that artwork afterwards because it, like sometimes it would be like just one big page of just a small picture and then like then the chapter continues after that I'm just like Amazon what are y'all doing yeah but to be fair and I'll give credit where credit's to Amazon offers a very 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 beautiful service for self published you know art, or uh, authors and because I self published I self edited which I would take all the headaches we've ever had from any of the shows that we had done together and times them by a million and had them happen to me every day than have to go through the editing process again. Yeah, editing, uh, editing is one of my, oh, uh, I know when you, cause you know, when we, cause you are on a, you're one of the few people that I've had on that weren't part of the original group that was on the original Sidewalk Crew podcast. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. Was so, a- you know, <clears throat> and the, us editing that was hell. Yeah. Because we were, we were, we were, we were non-mo-capping raw video recording, plugging it in, and then we'd be like, well, yeah, let's clean it all up and post. And uh, that is... Yeah, let's clean up the episode that we did. You can't. Yeah. We had uh, uh, we have Ashley and uh, little Timmy on there. Yeah, Tiny Tim. Uh, I, 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 I want to I have Tim on so bad, but it just I, it boggles my mind that... Uh, I'm going to have to start calling him his real name and not calling him because like, he's having a kid. He's got a beer belly now. Like he, he, he's he, always kind of had a beer belly. But now it's a, beer, was, now it's a beer belly. Yeah, now it's actually like a belly probably as big as his wife. Yeah, like he needs, a, he needs like some khakis and New Balances, and then he's got the whole kit, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Hey, no, the khakis and New Balances used to be my thing. Dog, dog, dog. It, I it, mean, one of us outgrew that face. Yeah, it's I, it's slimming on me. <laughs> I mean, why do you think I wear all black? I can't wear all black anymore. I can't. Wow. So it's when I so when I started doing comedy, um, the first couple wow, of months, this is not what I was expecting. Yeah, not at all. It's a uh, it's it's my fa- it's my favorite thing on the planet. So we just cracked up a couple liquid deaths, guys. Uh, it's my favorite water to drink. Um, and if you enjoy uh, smoking as much as I do, it makes fantastic pond water. Uh, that that totally serious. Um, if you don't believe me, ask Wiz Khalifa. That's one hundred percent when he has liquid death delivered to his house for is fresh bong water at all times. That's when you know uh, you made it. I think it's refreshing. Uh, most. I mean, they- I, I was just expecting like not that, like. Some carbonation, maybe, like, I don't know. I just took a sip, and I'm like, wow, this reminds me of what I'd get out of an Aquafina. Yeah, but it's, uh, I think, uh, it's got a different taste to it. The The model for the company's fantastic, because everything that they put out is recyclable. The, the cardboard is 100% recyclable cardboard, and it's also made from recycled cardboard. They use a biodegradable ink on all their printing. Uh, their cans are made in a certain way, so they're all aluminum. They don't have the little in, inner plasterier coating like you do on a coke can or everything so it's a solid can construction everything's fully recyclable fully renewable um and they they donate a bunch of money um to a bunch of random different causes uh they're actually one of the lead people and products that are trying to get clean water into flint michigan this is what really confuses me though liquid death it's not i've always thought this is an alcoholic beverage most most people did and uh it's <clears throat> what, a bartender that <laughs> yeah <clears throat> it's what i owe an apology to a few people 
Because uh, the amount of people I've seen bring these in uh, on days where we didn't have door guys. You know, I'm not going to throw my door people on the bus. Yeah. But um, people would just plop this bitch down right, right on top of the bar. And I'm like, are you stupid? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. It's still stupid to bring in an outside container. In it, it is. It is. However, comma. Uh, I've been doing that. Okay, so fun fact about editing. <laughs> um, the reason I, I do, every time I say however, comma. I, I will always say comma afterwards now. Because I took this, like, one day, like, one full day editing course online, right? This house, like, fucking blitzkrieg psychotic I went, trying to figure out how to edit. Especially learning the cap, yeah, whatever we do. But this person online just kept saying, however, and then comma, however, comma, however. So I was like, however, comma, however. And then I caught myself doing it in conversation, and I was like, hmm. I'm gonna do that forever now. It sticks. It sticks, and it goes well. But uh, so they they do sparkling stuff too. They've got they've got other flavors and stuff like that. But this is well, no wonder this episode is gonna last fucking one hour long because we're both so ADD. We're like squirrels in our own. <laughs> I never even got to finish the story about the squirrels. Yeah, no, the the, the squirrel story. Well, long story short, my mother she covered the hole and they all died in my attic. But <laughs> I th- I think I think you'll like a. Uh, now, I've, I've, before before we um, move on to the to the tail end of it, I do have some questions I'll ask you, and I think you're going to really enjoy, because um, it's it's what I do for everybody and explains a lot. But uh, the reason why I don't wear all black anymore. Um, so when I started doing stand up, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I I was I was kind of pushed into it, you know, uh, just uh, from from the amalgamation. Because you know, like back when I did, you know, po- you remember when I was doing poetry stuff with Kevin Putnam? Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin said you're funny, you should try stand up. Uh, we were doing roast at the club at Shiners. Everybody was like, you're you're good at MC and you should try stand up. You know, you should do all this. And uh, I went out and uh, I, uh, I I wore uh, uh, I took one of my old Precision Tune Auto shirts and I ripped the Precision Tune patch off of it. So it still had the patch with my name on it and it said Tony. And uh, I went on stage with a long blonde ponytail uh, hat on. Um, and that, that shirt and, um, black pants. And it was basically all black because in my head, if I look similar to George Carlin, uh, I'll, I'll channel some George Carlin energy. And, um, I went on stage and I ate a dick for four and a half minutes. Uh, it was, I, I was doing mechanic jokes, uh, you know, wrenches be turning, jacks be jacking and nobody gave a shit. Um, and that was the first time. The second time I tried to do the same thing, but I told a story about Fab, and I uh, told a story about Fab like everybody knew Fab. Nobody cared because uh, I hadn't got anybody on my side, and they didn't know who Fab was. So they, they were like, oh, well, he's yelling and being that, but he's not, we don't know why this is funny. And um, after I told that Fab story, uh, I, I realized I was bombing. I made a couple fat jokes, and I got, I got some really big laughs. Really big laughs. And... Uh, uh, a comedian named Dusty Cagle, um, who's headlining my show December third at Vindictive. Um, Dusty Cagle, I don't know Dusty Cagle, dude, he's he's uh, he's champion of the UCC, and I say headlining, he's not. It's a it's a showcase, um, but he's uh, he's UCC champ this year. Uh, he's a he's a beautiful soul, brilliant person, fantastic comedian. Uh, he heads up Attention Horse Comedy for Nerds with another comic named Reed Pegram. Um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy, and uh, he he said, "Hey, man, that that fat stuff was funny." And I was like, yeah, but I feel like it's it's weird being a fat guy doing fat stuff on stage. And he goes, dog, you watch Ralphie May? And I was like, yeah. He was like, go watch Ralphie's old stuff. And it's all fat jokes. It all is. And throughout all his specials, he did stuff like that. And uh, so I, I leaned into that really, really hard and uh, kept doing that. And uh, it, it gave me my first five. And then I had another comedian, uh, J.D. Etheridge, who pulled me aside. And he was like, bro, he was like, You've... and he never told me I was I was funny right off the gate. 
he was like, he was like, he he looked at me. He was like, that was a funny joke. He was like, but I feel like you talk too fast. You got to slow down. And uh, after those two guys, I kind of took what they said, and then I'd start like I'd tell a joke a different way, and I'd be like, well, what do you think about that? Or this, and they'd be like, well, just you know what feels natural for you. And then as as the community took me in more and more, you know, I learned, and it was a wrench. So that's that's you know, I feel like that's that's the similar deal with here. You know, it 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 was a curve from because watching it go from where I saw it because like it was. It was it was scribbles and doodles and and just manuscript yeah, those are some, those and, and are very hard work on scribbles and doodles. They they were, but you know I'm just saying that for for the for the for the act of humility, you know that I mean, as as it started. I mean you're actually being very generous because a lot of these drawings were essentially stick figures with wings, and. I mean, they they did grow in, in comparison. No, I really really liked them. What I what I would love to see if they never make it in the books, I'd love for you to make posters of them. The uh, when you drew like the great halls mm-hmm. and the uh, the just the 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 landscapes, the castles. Cause yeah, I still got some of those. It, it from wasn't way back when. yeah, and well, and none of them were they were. Like, you could see where they had, like, a, you know, a Renaissance Gothic-style influence on them, but you were doing it in what looked like, you know, Zion in the right. Matrix. It was very cave-esque, but yet modern at the same time. Right. You know, and it, it was incredible scape, so I'd love to see their scapes. Yeah. You know, realistic, and, and I'd, I'd be willing to say on this podcast, if, if it ever comes to a point where you do a web show or anything, um, and they animate it, I'd love to, you know, lend you some voice work. Uh, I will definitely keep that in mind. I mean, I would love for you to do some voice work. Um, just because it's, I, I thought it was a fantastic story when I read it and, uh, you know, I'll spoil nothing for anybody, but I, I can tell you that Queen put so much effort in this book and this story. Um, cause I, I know what I read when I started and when I started reading it and he had people that he considered his close friends that read it as he did it. And, uh, none, and he told us, you know, tell me what you think. And, uh, if he thought we were sugarcoating stuff, he'd be like, no, tell me what the fuck you think. Right. And, uh, we did, uh, we did with no qualms and no effort. And so I know what he's got here is fantastic beyond all reason. Um, and you should definitely pick it out. It's called the story, the birth of magic. Um, it's a series that's coming out. It's available on Amazon. Grab your copy. Um, uh, you've, you've, it's, it's something you've got to read. I'm going to read through it then. And then, uh, you know, we'll push for the next one. Uh, and it's just, I think it's fantastic, and the fact that you took this in it, because I know it was a lot of work. Not right. only do I know it was a lot of work, but I know that the fact that the story meant so much to you itself, and that you're willing to take this, that's such a genuine connection and reflection on the connection that you had with a person that's so dear to you. Right. And, well, then, I mean, it, and you tied all your other people into it. Like, you, this, you, you, poured, you poured actual life into this. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what the whole thing is based off of, you know? Like, you know, the story itself... Uh, the series, the story. Um, you know, the first book is all about where, you know, like I was saying earlier, where Kyle and I are going back and forth talking about where magic. Why, why couldn't we use magic? Because it's based off real life. Why weren't you know, why weren't we able to use magic in story story time prior to you know, June twenty sixth, two thousand eleven, right? So with the whole concept we came up with was that there was a curse that we just broke, essentially that was like an off switch for magic, right? right. So once we broke this curse, all of a sudden everybody who had magic in their blood could use it, right? So the first book is, is all about where the curse came from, right? At the very end of the first book, you know, I'll give this at least one spoiler. Um, at the very ending of the first book, that's when the curse is cast, right? That essentially comes into Earth, you know? And then the second book is where me and you and Kyle and everybody come from. Um, long down the road in the second book, but... Yeah, and magic spelled with a CK, by the way. Yes, yes, magic is spelled with a CK. Um, the old school style. 
and it's uh, like I said, it's brilliant, it's fantastic. Um, so before we move to the end of it, uh, I want I want to talk uh, one thing about you about the work you're doing down at the O. Um, so years ago, I used to frequent a club, and uh, as as a lot of my listeners will know, I wasn't the best person back in the day, and uh, I used to frequent a club called Orion's, um, and it was uh, there there were uh, a, a bunch of crazy stuff that went on there. Club Orion, yeah, 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 Club Orion. Not not at behest of the club, but it was just the the, the miscreants that happened to gather there. Um, and it, and it got a bad rap, and then you know we all we all got back together at Shiners because I think all of us stopped doing clubs for a while, um, and tried to work you know regular bars or just barbacks or cooks mm-hmm. half of us, and uh, the, you know it's uh, nightlife is one thing I think that's why I end up being a comic you know because it's it's the same schedule, you know once right. once you're a creature of the night you're a creature of the night that's just how Tell it goes. Me about it. So. Uh, I, uh, for, for many, many years, I was very vocal about the fact, like, I, I hope my friends have the best success down there. I just, me, myself, I'm not too, you know, and it was, uh, especially fresh out of recovery. Um, pause for the cause. We're going to take a commercial break. I'll be right back. This episode of the Sidebot Crew has been brought to you by Lucky 13 Tattoo Aftercare. Hey, guys. Uh, Tony here. And uh, it's no secret, I've got a couple tattoos. And uh, I like to make sure those tattoos stay looking good. And one of the coolest ways that I find to keep my tattoos looking good is Lucky 13. Um, found out about Lucky 13 a while ago, and uh, I just I think it's a great product. You know, they've got a tattoo balm, they've got it in a tube, they've got it in a tin, and they've got a cleanser and healing ointment. Um, cleanser's the best on a fresh tattoos, and the balm you can use from a brand new tattoo to a tattoo that you've had for years. Look, a lot of my tattoos I've had since I was 18 years old. That's 12, 13 years ago now. And uh, with Lucky 13, those tattoos look just as pristine as the day that they got put on. And, uh, you know, all natural ingredients with Lucky 13. Uh, Things like aloe vera, avocado oil, beeswax, coconut extract. Like, just stuff that's good for your skin. And anything that's good to put on your skin and goes in your skin can also help nourish it better. Uh, Lucky 13 even has a fact test about how it works, how to use it, and what product would be best for you. Uh, they've been talked about on NBC, USA Today, CBS, and Fox. It's just a fantastic product with thousands of great reviews and the fact that they donate to the Impact Melanoma Organization to help educate people of the importance of skin cancer prevention and early detection awareness. It's an all-around great company. When I feel like taking care of my tattoos, I definitely make sure that I hit up Lucky13 at protectyourink.com. Protectyourink.com. And if you use the code ThatComicTony, that's T-H-A-T-C-O-M-I-C-T-O-N-Y, you can get 25% off your order. That's right. Listeners of this show that use the code ThatComicTony at checkout can get 25% off their order. I think that's pretty badass of Lucky 13. So let's support a company that does a lot to help prevent skin cancer around the world and that keeps our tattoos looking great. Lucky 13 Tattoo at ProtectYourInc.com. Thanks. All right, so uh, thanks for listening to the commercial and everything. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, with the club and everything, the fact that you're going to uh, – so the change to the O, uh, you've got a comedy night going on there right. that you're moving through. Uh, you're doing karaoke. You're doing things, and I'd like to say walking into it, it's uh, it's great. Um, it's good, and, uh, and I look forward to doing stuff with you soon. On Very much. I uh, am looking forward to it as well. For sure. Um, and uh, I just love what you've done around on it. But uh, Josh, thank you so much for coming on, brother. I, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Um, I appreciate now, you. the way I end every show, um, 
for those of you who don't know, uh, and you know, you've never heard the spiel, so this will be fun. Um, I I, uh, I started the show a long time ago with a group of friends with the aspect of being funny, um, and uh, it, it started with a bunch of guys who literally talked shit about people on the sidewalk. Hence the name, the Sidewalk Crew. Ironically, oh, I, I remember. Yeah, ironically, I remember very well. And uh, uh, you know, and then it's evolved and evolved into me having people that I find interesting on, and just doing great interviews for it. And people ask, you know, where'd you get the interview thing from? Did you get it from Letterman, from Carson, everybody, and that's a fucking lie if I say any of that. Uh, I got. The reason I like to interview is from a man named uh, James Lipton, uh, who held inside the Actors Studio. I think he was the best interviewer on the planet. Uh, he was the dean of the Actors School uh, and fantastic. And in honor of him, because uh, he used to ask this thing called the Pivo Questionnaire at the end of it. And the Pivo Questionnaire is a free-form, free-in thing, so Bravo can't sue me for doing it. So I've been, asking, I've been asking all my uh, guests the Pivo Questionnaire. So, Queen Gore. Yes. What is your favorite word? Literally. What is your least favorite word? Do you really want to know? Yes. I don't know. Cunt, probably. No, that's probably my most favorite word. I'll change my first answer. Hold, hold, hold on to that second one, because that, that, that question comes around. So, the, my least favorite word? Your least favorite word. Mm. Trump. That's good. I've never heard that one before. As an answer, I've heard the word. I think we all have. Uh, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? It's like what motivates me or what turns me on. Well, like so, what so what what turns your brain on? What kicks your brain into drive? Um, a lot. Uh, what like to actually be creative? What kicks my what? yeah? Like like what jump starts you? What's something that pleasantly throws your head into a space? Like whether it be like it, it emotionally excites you, it creatively excites you. Any kind of philosophical conversation, really. Fantastic. You know, just talking about life. What turns you off? What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. What sound do you love? <laughs> um, God, there's so many answers for this. What sound do I love? Um, the reactions after a Dale Earnhardt joke. That's good. That's what good. sound do you hate? <laughs> reactions after a Dale Earnhardt joke. <laughs> What profession, other than yours, if you could have any choice and skill was not a factor, what profession other than yours would you like to try? Oh. Um. An astronaut. What profession would you never do? Working service industry if I wasn't a bartender. That's good. That's actually a really good answer. Um, and finally, if God exists, what would you like to hear him say to you when you walk through the pearly gates? Why the hell he never answered my phone call? <laughs> like, if you really want me to defend you, bro, you can't give me like one time. <laughs> Not one? Okay. That's fantastic. And then you blame me? I'm fine. Uh, well, I mean, we, we, we make careers off of blaming you, sir. That's why you're the queen. Damn right. <laughs> and I will, I will walk happily with it and then cuss God out when I get there. Um, Queen, thank you so much for coming thank on, brother. You, brother. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for listening to the Sidewalk Crew. Remember, pick up the story, The Birth of Magic, online on Amazon. Thank you for listening. Listen to the outro. We love you guys. Bye-bye.